And checking our winter weather advisory, we've got a line of snow showers moving into Livingston County, just the western edge right now, and heading our way. So it's it's all over the mitten, except southeast Michigan, but it's uh, the arrival, it's uh, ETA is going to be in the next half hour or so if you're on the western side of our listening area. And we've even got some uh, snow showers uh, out Ann Arbor way. Is the nuclear race about to enter outer space? That's something that's been banned since 1967. But a warning coming from a high-ranking House intelligence official yesterday uh, warns, without being specific, that we could be facing a significant national security threat from Russia. And with a little bit more digging, we found out it's about space-based nuclear weapons. Let's talk to the man that once occupied that seat as the House Intelligence Chair, Mike Rogers, joining us live this morning as he also campaigns for a seat in the U.S. Senate. Good morning, Mike. Guy, it is uh, it's good to be here. Thanks for having me. Does this surprise you that that apparently Russia is getting closer to perhaps deploying something like this that could blind our satellites? No, uh, unfortunately, they've been talking about this for years. Um, you know, so China got into the anti-satellite business probably about 2007 when they fired off uh, an anti-satellite missile. Uh, and then they have developed other capabilities since that time. So, you know, they they call them satellite killers. So these countries will launch satellites whose sole purpose it is is to disrupt or or eliminate our ability uh, to conduct uh, uh, collection platforms in space. So this has been ongoing for a very long time. What surprises me is that that sense of urgency that that uh, the chairman when he released that statement now that that was a, a bit of a surprise he's normally a pretty somber guy so i yeah. would i'm very curious to see what new information is and if they're getting ready to operationalize nukes in space that's boy that would that's a game changer well and sure. he was getting out ahead of the white house which had already planned a a briefing for anybody that wanted one today y- yes my understanding well, that's interesting. My understanding was it was uh, just the gang of four. So how that works is not every member of Congress gets all of the information that happens in the intelligence committees. It's a it's that smaller group. Okay. Yeah, uh, it might have been. I, but you, you, I think you got correction. I think it was the gang of eight that they were going to roll yes, it out. Yeah, there you to. go. That makes more sense to me. Yeah. Because these are things. And listen, there are things that you see that are going on around the world every day. If you if you you know ran around with your hair on fire on all of it, no one would ever sleep ever. Uh, there's there's a lot of bad <laughs> intentions out there toward the United States. And so, you know, I always argue you've got to be careful about what you talk about because you try to manage these national security problems in a way that protects the American public. Uh, but if there is a if he was not getting the the attention and traction and, uh, you know, progress that the White House would have to do to either eliminate a threat or deter a threat or discourage a threat. Uh, then you might do something like this. So I'm going to be very curious to see, you know, unfortunately, when you brief that many members of Congress, it, you guarantee it'll be out in the public here pretty soon. Uh, well, Mike, you know, House Intelligence Committee Chair uh, Mike Turner, uh, he issued a, a statement and he's urging the administration to declassify the information so the U.S. and the, and its allies can openly discuss how to respond. Yeah, I mean, I, transparency is always important. I do believe that. Uh, but you have to weigh the consequences of disclosure with our ability to make sure we keep Americans safe. And so 
if there's something that they can do, I mean, one thing it sure has done, I'll give you this, it certainly brought attention to what this, the, what the Russians have been doing, mm-hmm. uh, trying to, A, nuclearize space, which is huge. And what it would be, by the way, think of this, it's a giant explosion in space that would function like a, uh, an EMP, which would t- fry all the electronics on all the satellites. Uh, so you think, uh, you know, you get up in the morning and you, you can't remember how to get to work because you're so focused on your GPS. Guess what? Your GPS is gone. It's not working. So we do a lot from space, a lot of financial transactions. I mean, you think of how much happens in space. Right. That's why this becomes so important, and that's why people would be concerned. And if they're getting ready to operate, opera, operationalize, sorry, big word for me this morning, Um uh, <laughs> the fact that you're going to explode a nuclear device in space or at least place a device in space that that's something that we you know awareness is good so that you can take steps to correct it and make sure that they aren't able to operationalize that kind of a thing so there's that fine line lloyd i think where you say okay what do we need to know and what do we need to keep classified Mm -hmm. Uh, and you can you can find a good balance in there most times Uh, Mike, all these lawmakers came out and said, don't panic, public. Mike Johnson said, steady hands are at the wheel. We're working on it. Uh, How does Russia take all this, that now this is a discussion over here in our country? Well, so I have to tell you, a few years ago, uh, the Russians came out and said that they had a nuclear uh, torpedo uh, that would go into ports. They would detonate this nuclear torpedo, and it would take that ability to use that port uh, you know, off the table in any conflict. So e- they could either do it to impact uh, economics of a country. Uh, and so every time the Russians feel pressure, it seems to me that they they step up this notion that they have this weapon system that they just might use. Mm-hmm. And so I, you know, I do think that, you know, be, because, you know, again, I, I was uh, – knew about this these kinds of activities back in the early 2000s so you can tell that they've been thinking about it a long time are they going to operationalize it two different things so i i think the russians are probably saying you know i love it i love the fact that people are running around terrified of the russians and so that's why you have to be careful you don't play in their hands while still having a good discussion here at home you know before the the russian invasion into into ukraine there was a lot of uh, talk about containment Uh, there was concern about appeasement what should be the appropriate response to this news that they may be thinking about deploying this? Well, there's there's lots of options that uh, that uh, in a classified session uh, or a classified way that that could uh, lead to disrupting something like this. And then there's the diplomatic front, and you have to engage very aggressively on the diplomatic front. This would change the face of of national security, not just for us, but our European allies, right. the Chinese, the Iranians. I mean, this is a that's why this is such a big deal. If in fact this is the information, remember there are also cyber capabilities that uh, would keep you up all night long. You know, turning off your water and your electric. And by the way, it's not coming on to tomorrow or next week or or maybe you know next year. So there's lots of weapon systems and weapon platforms out there that countries are developing. The Russians started all of that in the cyberspace, by the way, but the Chinese are catching up. Uh, and so that you have to worry about all of that. And so what you would want is a very unified approach to this, because, again, you do not want a nuclear arms race in space. Really, really bad for the 
for the planet uh, and certainly our own national security for sure. Well, we will hope that uh, calm heads prevail here and that we can find an appropriate response. In the meantime, Mike, can I call you when I'm lying awake tonight? <laughs> yeah, I'm a regular old well, citizen scared you now. Can call me you can call me because I'll be awake. Well, I'm just worried about all of this. No, this is, uh, yeah, this is real stuff. But yeah. here's the good, I just want to leave on a good note. There are really good, uh, uh, you know, the intelligence agencies do some really good work. They've done some dumb things of late, but they do some really good things about trying to get ahead of these problems. And so, you know, that's why you have them, and that's why you want them to do this work, and that's why you want them to find out the kinds of things they're doing so that we can prevent it. All right. Uh, by the way, one final question, I, because I want to let you go, but uh, James Craig withdrawing from the race for the U.S. Senate. He had pretty high name recognition. He was doing okay in the polls, but apparently couldn't get the fundraising together. Your thoughts on that and how that uh, affects your run? Yeah, I mean... Chief Craig was, was uh, you know, certainly a worthy opponent, a great guy. He was doing some very, very good things. He's a distinguished public servant. Uh, and so, uh, you know, I, I hope he does stays engaged. I know that we're going to seek out his counsel on some law enforcement things. Um, and, but it certainly helps us tremendously. We feel pretty good about where we're at right now. Um, and, uh, you know, our numbers are up. Uh, you know, people are, are signing up. We're, we're getting great endorsements around the state. So we're starting to coalesce. And the earlier we do this as, a, as the Republicans, uh, the better chances we have in November. And remember, the primary is not the prize here. The, the winning right. uh, that November election is how you change things in Washington, D.C. And that's what our target and goals are going to be. Well, and having your uh, intelligence experience in Washington would be, uh, I think, a good thing for all of us. Uh, Mike Rogers, thanks so much. Thank you all. Have a great morning. All right. Well, sleep a little better or try (laughs) to. When we come back, small business always looking for opportunities. We've got one that you should be interested in. It involves the federal government. uh, And and we'll tell you about how you can make the road to getting government contracts a little bit easier. I am thrilled to extend a special invitation for you to join Gail and me on a -a once-in-a-lifetime experience in Southeast Asia. We are going to Cambodia and Vietnam with the WJR Travel Club, uh, visiting the largest religious complex in the world, the Angkor Wat uh, Temple, dating back to the 1100s, which is steeped in mystery but also sacred uh, meaning. Uh, it, there's just so many, too many things to really list here. But I'll, I'll tell you this. The best thing about going with a, with Cruise and Tour and the WJR Travel Club is it's a great value. I think when you check it out at WJRTravelClub.com or contact them at 1-800-383-3131, you're going to find out just how much value added is here in terms of connecting with people who will make this experience and the culture of Southeast Asia come alive. I'm so excited about this, and I hope you will join Gail and I as we get ready to head in September to Southeast Asia. Do visit WJRTravelClub.com and learn more about this great value and epic journey.